Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are, wherever you may be. This is your boy with the Clan Hour, Scott Burks, the Clan Hour Podcast. We're going to get into some NFL talk tonight, including the epic Ravens versus Browns Monday Night Football Clash. It's the best game ever. We'll debate that. As well as talking about what the hell is going on with my Steelers um, all of a sudden on a two-game slump. We're going to just talk about what's going on, even though I have a few thoughts on that. As well as some college football playoff talk, including the uh, college football playoffs committees, Continue the fluctuation with Iowa State. Why, despite them losing two games, they're still ranked number six in the nation. And you know who, who the hell knows? As well as Florida, you know, uh, even though they lost to an unranked LSU squad, they only dropped one spot from six to seven. Makes no goddamn sense to me. As well as which, 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 which leads to the question: Are we better off with the BCS instead of the college football playoff? Also against is the NBA, including the Greek Freaks, uh, a big extension with the, with the Milwaukee Bucks, why that's great for the league, as well as uh, James Harden's Diva, Diva Athens Houston, um, why James Harden won't win anything that's worth a damn unless he changes his attitude. And last but not least, we're going to talk about the Major League Baseball finally, and I mean finally, recognizing uh, the Negro Leagues as major leagues as well. So we're going to get to all that. Hope you all have fun. We'll get going in a minute. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are, wherever you may be. This is the Clown Hour of your host, Scott Burks. And, and my partner, Crown Dwayne Nash, to my right, I guess that, I guess that is to, uh, to my <laughs> right. But anyway, please check him out on the Yard Shash HBCU Sports, wraps about all things HBCU Sports, as well as Sleazy Radio every Tuesday night on Facebook Live. There it is. There's a merch for that. Also, you can check him out on Herosports.com. We raps about all things FCS sports, especially as it pertains to HBCUs. You can, as far as me, you can check my blog out, The Clown Times. That's Clown Square K at www.theclowntimes.net. I'm on Facebook as well. Just search me there. And last but not least, get the merch. Get the merch. The merch, the merch at the, act, the actual link is in, is in the description. Search for The Clown Times Sports. You'll find me there as well. So we got a lot to get into tonight. So we're going to start off with some NFL. Um, First of all, let's talk about the Ravens and Browns. How epic, unexpectedly epic, that game turned out to be a 47 to 42, man. And and it's a game where it provided everything. If, if, if 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 someone were to write a movie about this game, no one would ever believe it if it didn't come true, right? I mean, first of all, <laughs> the Ravens up by 14, simply in control of the game. When Lamar Jackson goes out with cramps, or some people on Twitter thought he was actually going to take a shit, but that's not here nor there. <laughs> um, then he, then they, they, when he's out, while he's out, the Browns rally to take a one-point lead. He comes back for a fourth and five from, I think, with a 40-yard line, and then he scrambles out of the pocket when the Browns, for some reason, blitzed him and didn't contain him. He gets out of the pocket. He got out of the pocket, I should say. He could easily run for the first down, but he chose to dump it over the middle to a wide open uh, Hollywood Brown. He takes it to the house, and then they get the two-point conversion. They're up 42 to 35. Down, he, back comes Baker Mayfield, ties the game at 42 apiece. We think we're going to overtime. I forgot about this dude named Justin Tucker that's on the <laughs> Ravens roster who could kick a 70-yard field goal if he wanted to. They come back down the field, 
Kick a 55-yarder with two seconds left. Ball game. Crazy. As, as a result, the Ravens' uh, uh, postseason hopes are not only still alive, they're almost in the driver's seat because if you look at the rate their schedule, this that was a hard game. Yeah. That was a hard game. They played Jacksonville this week. They host Jacksonville this week. I forget who they're playing after that, but they, they have Cincinnati the last week of the season. So they're chilling. They're chilling. They, 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 like, uh, um, they could easily go – I think they, they may have the Giants, I think, like, after Jacksonville. I forget. But regardless, like the point is, is that they could easily go 3-0. and And I, they're expected to go 3-0 and in those three games. And so that would bring them to 11-5. and Not bad from where they were at before, right? When they were outside the playoffs, picture at 6-5, and I think they were. So... I mean, it's, you got to give, give some props to uh, Lamar Jackson, but, but give me your thoughts on, on that epic game. Oh, that game was fantastic. Um, you know what? Going to the game, I wasn't expected to be that much of a duel, but I mm. should have expected it, right? And I right. say that because <clears throat> the matchup is eerily familiar to the one that they had a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. against the Tennessee Titans. Um, yes. I was expecting it to be – a game that, that was going to be carried out on the ground, which it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't expecting it to be that high of a scoring game. I mm-hmm. didn't expect it to be very competitive between the two, being that the, the Browns are coming in at 9-3, and three, looking to control their, the rest of their situation, heading into the playoffs. And had they beaten the, the Ravens, you know, a.k.a. their sons, you know, they would have gone mm-hmm. ahead and just not only, like I said before, control their situation, but knock the Ravens out potentially of the playoff hunt in, in, in the same breath. Right. Um, but, you know, Baltimore is, is, is very wily. You know, uh, they, they're not, they weren't going to give up, not in that situation. Oh, God, no, not in this um, rivalry game either. Right. Um, and they most definitely they needed this game in order to stay within the hunt. Um, but like I said before, I wasn't expecting the game to be a combined score of 90 – Excuse me, 91 uh, – I'm sorry, that was 89 points. Yeah, because it was 47-42. I wasn't expecting to be a, a, a combined 89 points. Um, I wasn't expecting uh, Lamar Jackson to leave and then return, regardless mm. of whatever reasons it is, um, be it cramp, leg cramps or stomach cramps. Yeah. But I digress. <laughs> um, but it was Pierce. a wonderful game to watch. Um you know, I, I I almost don't expect less coming from that division, with the with the exception of uh, the situations when they're blowouts. But you know, and oddly enough, they normally um, uh, uh, um, involve teams from Ohio. Mm-hmm. But the Browns are are playing better football this year, and I'm just glad that they made the game um, extremely competitive. And hey, shout out to um to to, to ESPN and Monday Night Football for being able to to carry that game because you know they've had a lot of stinkers. Um, for the past yes, they couple have. of They're years. They're going to have another sticker this coming Monday. That's yeah, see? Right. So. so, yeah. It, it, <laughs> you know, we got that nice reprieve um, for, with Baltimore and Cleveland. Um, unfortunately, we won't get it again this Monday. But, you know, we, we hopefully we'll be more engrossed in the holidays to, mm-hmm. care, to care about what's going on. on there you go. We'll be getting that <laughs> um, Yeah, this one, the few games – that I ever pulled for the Ravens, right? Outside from Dallas, just when, like when they played Dallas, because I just hate Dallas that much. Um, 
know, I, I need it, even though I I really hated Cleveland for most of my adult life uh, and childhood as, as well, um, especially during my childhood, like doing the 80s, because they were just so damn good. Um, the Ravens actually did my Steelers, we'll talk about them in, uh, in a moment, a solid. Because with the win, if the Browns were to pull out that the other night, they would have been sitting 10, at, 10 and 3, a game behind the Steelers, right? Yeah. Which would have been made it much tougher, given that Pittsburgh has a litany of injuries right now on both sides of the ball. But with the loss, not only are the Browns still two games out, all we have to do is beat Cincinnati this coming Monday night without Joe Burrow, without Joe Mixon, mm-hmm. albeit on the road. But still, I mean, hell, whenever we play there with, with crowds, it's a mostly still a crowd anyway in Cincinnati. Um, we win that game, we win the division. Yeah. So, I mean, that it's, it gets that much simpler for us. But at any rate, I guess it's an interesting segue. Might as well talk about it. But, um, well, first of all, one more thing. It's amazing, this, again, still, that we're talking about the Browns and player positioning right now. Yeah. It still amazes me. Again, I know the talent is hell on paper. Crazy talent. But, again, that's what coaches would do. You get a coach who knows what the hell he's doing. Everybody's taking off. Cleveland now has an identity. They run the football, and they run it well. Mm-hmm. Okay? Which scares the fuck out of me. Come week 17, we have to go to Cleveland. Now, if we go to Cleveland with the division on the line, I'll be very nervous. But all we have to do is, just, again, beat Cincinnati this week, this coming week, which we should do, right? And yep. then, because if we don't beat Cincinnati, we don't deserve, we don't, we, we do not deserve the division. We do not deserve to advance to the playoffs, right? We even know mm-hmm. we already clinched the spot, we'll go to hallelujah. But if we beat Cincinnati, we got the division. I'm not, I don't have to be worried too much about Cleveland. But let's get to Pittsburgh right quick, since I've mentioned them already. Yo, it's getting ugly in a hurry. Injuries on both sides of the line, like yes. both sides of the ball. The offensive uh-huh. line took another hit of injuries. Um, we still can't run the ball worth a damn. We still can't run block worth a damn. Big Ben had to shoulder the load, even though he's the reason why we won the 11, first 11 games, him in the defense. Yeah. But it's getting it's I mean, I didn't expect Washington to do to do what they did two weeks ago, the way they did it. And I figured Buffalo would probably give us our first loss if it was gonna come. Is as I gonna be if go I was gonna be uh Buffalo or Cleveland, to be honest with uh, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I ain't think it's gonna be like that. Mm-hmm. They beat the hell out of us. I don't care if the final score was within like eleven plus within eleven points. That was an 11-point beatdown. Yeah. It was a beatdown. I mean, <laughs> if, if, if Buffalo didn't play a bad first half, it would have been very ugly. Because remember, when they came out the gate in the second half, they were rolling. Yeah. They were, they were rolling. And now, and I know, like, Josh, uh, um, name the quarterback. Um, Josh Allen. Josh Allen, yeah. Josh, Josh Allen came out and said that Juju Smith shoots his dance on the logo. Gave, gave him some inspiration. He heard it in the pregame speech in the tunnel. I just think they're a better team than the Steelers right now. I mean, sure, they may have pulled into it, but they didn't come out at game bursts until the second half. Mm-hmm. So, that, I mean, still, I mean, they, they, were, they were slow getting out of the gate. But, man, it's, it, I'm not – look, 
far be it for me to bitch about being 11 and 2. <laughs> okay, let's get a little perspective here on this. There's a lot of teams that would love to be 11 and 2 right now. Colin Cowherd, fuck you for, for clowning the steals right now. I'll take my 11 and 2 and my injuries and not being as good as Buffalo or Kansas City or possibly Cleveland for that matter. And like instead of the alternative, I'm sure Jacksonville Jaguars would like a word as well. But <laughs> it was Cincinnati Bengals, I should say. But anyway, the point being New York Jets. Oh, the New York Jets. I mean, hell, they will want a win at this yeah. point. But <clears throat> the point is, is that we're still in control of our destiny in the division. We're no longer the t- and running on the top seed of the conference. I think I don't think anybody's beating Kansas City the rest of the way out, including no. New Orleans this Sunday. I don't see anybody beating them. Uh, the way, especially the way they've been winning the last few games against uh, the Raiders the second time and the Dolphins, where they stunk it up against the Dolphins and still find a way to win. No one's beating the Chiefs. I'm sorry. But anyway, the point is, is that the, the, the focus should be on getting the higher seed because, again, if you're the top seed, you're the only one getting the bye. Yeah. So it's all about matchups, position at this point, winning your division, not having to go on the road. So, again, far be it for me to ask of this as for an 11-2 team, is the sky falling for Steelers fans? Should they be panicking? Uh, what could they – like, is the bleeding going to stop? What's going to happen? Um, I'll, I'll get to Pittsburgh in just a moment. First and foremost, um, to your point about the uh, the Cleveland Browns and them finally um, matching expectations, I don't think anyone thought that they would do it this way. There was anticipation right. that they would be more of an aerial attack team with the likes mm-hmm. of uh, Land, Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham and, and – behind the quarterbacking of one Baker Mayfield. But no, it's been that running attack. And it was actually genius as much as it was berated by your boy. Who's the former head coach? Um, by, by Kitchens yeah. and that GM. Pretty my ass is in the kitchens, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and the GM of the Cleveland Browns to, to pick up Kareem Hunt um, after uh, uh, the charges that he was facing in terms of the domestic dispute. Yes. Just, well, it's not even a domestic dispute. It's more more so uh, an, an actual um Violent act, uh, yeah, uh, yeah it's actually battery yeah. um in the situation that he was in when he was cut <clears> from Kansas City and, and a lot of people didn't believe that he deserved to be in the NFL but thankfully right. you know he's, he's changed his act you know he's cleaned himself up he has kept his nose clean ever since and now he's part of this backfield of himself and and one Nick Chubb mm-hmm. and 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 they've Dynamic. been They've been very dynamic. It'll be, what, one of the, the few times in which you've had two backs um, in the season with over 1,000 yards in the same season, mm-hmm. which is phenomenal. Not, especially in this age of the pass-happy NFL. Especially it, in this age it's of the pass-happy rare. It's happy a NFL. rare fair shit right there. Well, well, not just the, the, the pass-happy NFL. The team that was supposed to have been pass-happy. You know, with, with the talent that they have. That's and correct. also, don't don't forget about Njoku, the, um, the tight end that they have as well. Mm-hmm. So they had a lot of talent, uh, a, a lot of talent at the skill positions where they could have stretched the field by passing the ball. Right. But they decided to run the ball, and they've done so overly effectively. So that's enough about them and their expectations as it pertains to your Steelers. Is it time to press the panic button? I'm going to go and say yes. Mm. Um. They should be able to handle their first round opponent, but as the thing, the question is, who will it be? Yeah. We really don't know, so it's still kind of a toss up. The thing that I'm a, a little afraid of 
Well, I'm not afraid, but I'm concerned about mm -hmm. if I would be a Steelers fan and if I was Mike Tomlin is something that he's talked about. Well, two things that he's talked about. One, the running game and how putrid it's been. And we don't necessarily know the Steelers to have a bad running game. And yet here we are, right? We thought this, this is you know, sad. <laughs> it's very sad, right? It's sad, man. We, we knew that it would be a little bump in the road last year when they lost Le'Veon and they brought in James Conner. But mm -hmm. Conner proved to be effective last year in a very bad year without Ben Roethlisberger that they still into the season eight and eight, right? Correct. Um, so you were anticipating with him and, 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 and Snell that it would be a little bit better, right? Mm -hmm. Wrong. Yeah. And, and, and I'm still trying to figure out what the problem is. Um, is, is it them? You're saying that they're having issues with run blocking. Why aren't they putting out um, Anthony McFarlane Jr.? Is, is, is he not good enough in practice to warrant being played in a situation to give him a, a, another change and, and give someone else an opportunity? I really don't know. But whatever it is, they need to go ahead and address it and, and handle it soon because once the playoffs come around and if the second problem that I'm going to bring up continues to be an issue and they can't run the ball, they might be a one and done. Yeah. And that second issue being – their inability to hold on to the ball. We yes. talked about it during the Those Washington drops. game. Yes. We talked about the drops during the Washington game. There were issues the week before. There were issues this week against the, 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 the Bills as well. Especially Deontay Johnson. Yeah. Especially Deontay Johnson. And the thing is, yo, it's not going to get warmer. Right. I don't care where they play the playoffs in the AFC. It's not going to get warmer. Correct. Unless somehow, some way, well, no, because that's not going to happen. It's going to take a lot of magic for that to happen. And I doubt very seriously that somehow, some way, the Miami Dolphins host the playoff game. <laughs> but I digress, right. right? So wherever they play, it's going to be cold. They're going to have to deal with the elements. If the cold weather is an issue for them dropping balls, they're going to have to go ahead and get ready to suck that up. Mm -hmm. If them not focusing on catching passes is an issue, they're going to have to turn it around too. Because they really, they really don't have no other options. They can't go to anybody else on their on their roster to to, to bring in to catch these balls. No, but they're going to have to do address it, and they're going to have to address it well because this defense, as good as it is, is not going to be able to keep them in games if they can't move the ball. Right. And the one thing the defense is not going to want to have to deal with is a short field, and I completely understand that. I really do. But like you said, um, they should go ahead and beat. Uh, Who's, they should Cincinnati. be Jacksonville this week. Cincinnati. They should, oh, they got Cincinnati. They should be Cincinnati. They should be Jacksonville. They should get those two wins. Those two wins to get them to thirteen um, wins for the total. For, we only beat Jacksonville, but we, we, we but we played the uh, we we played the Colts at home. We played the Colts at home. We already, yeah, exactly. We played the Colts and, at home, which is why the Cincinnati game is huge. The Cincinnati game is going to be very huge, and that's yeah. that's, that's right because it's, it's Cincinnati. Indianapolis and Cleveland. the Browns, right? Yeah. At okay. Yeah. So that that Colts game is starting to look tougher now mm -hmm. because of the fact that now Philip Rivers had a good passing game last week, and mm -hmm. oh, guess who decided to show up this year? T. Y. Hilton didn't yeah. have a lot of yardage, but he had two <laughs> receiving touchdowns last week. Yeah. So if that's something that they can continue to build on as well, as well as the fact that they run the ball pretty good. And that defense is that defense. 
let's just say that the Steelers need to go ahead and get right this week because if they don't get right this week, the next two weeks they won't have an opportunity to find a way to get right. Correct. They'll just have to. They'll be thrown into a situation where they have to win. Right. So, uh, I'm I'm if if I'm a Steeler fan, I'm hoping that they use this situation this week as a way to get right and not just to necessarily beat up on a bad team. Mm-hmm. But um, to your point with the um, the Browns, they do face the Giants. I Correct. don't know if that win is going to be an easy win. It's still it's that, that Giants defense has been playing lights out over the past couple of weeks ever since their resurgence. Um, Wayne Goldman and, <clears throat> and, and, oh, my God, um, back from the dead, Alfred Morris, they've been running that ball extremely well, too. And the quarterback play um, – the thing is, I, I, I don't. I, I, if, if memory serves me correctly, I think Daniel Jones is out this coming uh, Sunday. Okay. Because he re-injured his ankle. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. He hurt his, his, ham, his hamstring. hamstring. At first, it was his hamstring. Okay. No, this time it's his, it's his ankle. Oh, his ankle. He injured his okay. ankle during the game Sunday in a situation where he probably didn't need to be out there. Mm. So um, he goes out there. He hurts his ankle. Ankle. He's out this week. And the thing is, in order for them to continue to make a push, they're going to need him for the rest of the season. Right. Because I don't know if I would go ahead and trust the former Washington football team backfield of (laughs) Colt McCoy and Alfred Morris to lead them to the playoffs. Mm. But, hey, stranger things can happen. But, once again, it still is Colt McCoy. And I really don't trust that dude yet. So, they, they have a game this week that's going to be interesting for the Giants. I can't remember who it's going to be. It's a must-win for them, and, and, and it's going to be very – no, it's the, it's the Browns. It's the Browns yeah. this week. Sunday night. Yeah. Sunday night. Sunday night, yeah. Sunday night. Yeah, that's right, because they went ahead and they moved the Cowboys out of that game. So, yeah, the, the game against the Browns is going to be very interesting. If they don't beat the Browns, they're going to need a lot of help. So, right. yeah. And speaking of help, let's let's go to your, to your Washington football team. Yeah. It was ugly. You guys did it. Your defense, man – Woo! Lord have mercy. Two, 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 two scores, right? Two defensive scores. Chase Young's 47-yard fumble return. Yes. Curran Hunt, curls, rather, 76-yard pick six. <laughs> and it was just without those what Alex Smith, what was he benched? Because he didn't finish no. the game. No, he he was not benched. Um, well, he wasn't benched through the play. He was benched through the injury. He was dealing with cramps. In that oh, injured leg, okay. and he they they couldn't um, loosen up the cramps, so they went ahead and put Dwayne Haskins in. Okay. And the question is continues to be whether or not he's going to be a hundred percent to play this weekend against the Seattle Seahawks. Mm. And the, the the way that everyone's talking and, and, and the way that everything is lining up is starting to sound very familiar. I've heard this tune before, and I wonder where I heard it. Oh yeah, two thousand twelve. It's a game in which the Washington football team needed to win. Yep. They're going in to play the, the, the Seattle Seahawks. And, oh, what? Yeah, our starting quarterback has a leg issue. Mm. Hmm. I wonder why that sounds so familiar. I wonder who that one, could be. <laughs> oh, yeah, brittle Bob, right? Yeah. So, with all of that sounding familiar, this is a game in which no one ex- actually expects Washington to win, right? Mm. Right. So, if that's the case, you can still sit uh, 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 Alex in this game Sunday, win out, and still win the division. The 
the thing is, there's still belief in which he's at least healthy enough to potentially play on Sunday. He sat today during practice, but he was there. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the situation is. The same thing with um, Antonio Gibson, who was also out last week due, uh, for another week due to turf toe, but he showed up during practice today too. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> my thing is, if they're not around 85 to 90%, I wouldn't play them. Um, I would let them sit to get another week so they could be ready for the last two games and potentially a playoff game. But my thing is this, hopefully, if it is Dwayne, because Dwayne's been getting the starters reps during practice, um, okay. hopefully that'll be enough for him to get comfortable because he looked completely uncomfortable playing Sunday in the second half. He yeah. did. And it was because of his play that they almost gave up that game. Thankfully, the defense came out and they did what they did. And speaking of the defense, let me go ahead and get prepped as I always do whenever I talk about the defense. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, because this defense got me hyped, boy, I swear. <laughs> man. The way Mysterio Jr. has returned. Man, oh, man. Like, defense... Correction. Washington, Ray Mysterio Jr.'s return. That's <laughs> <laughs> R-A-Y. R-A-Y. That's oh, wow. Good. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm right. so, oh, my God, this defense, they looked so phenomenal last week against the San Francisco 49ers, and the fact that they did it against former Washington assistant uh, uh, Kyle Shanahan, former Washington offensive tackle Trent Williams, former all Washington offensive tight end uh, 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 George Reed. <laughs> that's just a lot of former Washington guys out there. Everyone kept talking about this being a revenge game for Alex Smith. No, no, no. Not just Alex. There are a lot of former Washington guys on that 49er team that who've been released over the past couple of seasons right. who are looking to get Especially back at this team. Yeah. Especially Trent Williams <laughs> and his exodus <clears throat> from this past year and him sitting out. But, oh, my God, mm. that was the one thing that everyone kept talking about leading up to this game here in D.C. was how was Chase Young going to look against Trent Williams, an all-pro tight end who knows how to deal with 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 experience. Well, well I shouldn't say just experience, but with talented the ends. And, oh, my God, not only Chase Young, but that entire D-line for the Washington football team was constantly in the backfield during that game. The plays that they were capable of making and forcing was all oh, so delicious to watch. Oh, my God, it was something that I've been wishing for for a very long time to see this defense get back to this level, and I'm glad that it's here. I'm glad that these boys are young. Hopefully they stay around for a very long time, and I get to see this for the next couple of years and enjoy it the way that I am right now mm-hmm. because that was the best to watch that happen last week. But I'll say this. They're going to continue to need that type of play from this team in order for them to be successful in the postseason, a postseason that no one expected them to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to sit here and continue to to, to, lam, to lament about this team, but um, I'll say this. Uh, defense has been playing out of their mind. Like I said before, I, I really do hope that they take the health and well-being of Alex Smith 
into consideration before they make the decision on Sunday because mm-hmm. they're saying that it's going to be a game day decision <clears throat> on whether or not he plays. And like I said before, it's not needed, but the Seahawks are beatable, and they're beatable because of that pass defense that they have. The thing that concerns me, though, is that in order to beat them, it's going to have to be a shootout potentially mm-hmm. because we know that Seattle can pass the ball and pass the ball well, but we have seen the Seahawks recently struggle against a good defense, and that's exactly what Washington has. So if they can go ahead, excuse me, and put pressure on Seattle and hold them under, hold them to about 20, I'm not going to say that Washington can, will beat them. I'm just saying that holding them under 20 gives them an opportunity. Anything over 21, <laughs> anything over 21, I think it's, it's, it's trouble for them. But, yeah, if they can keep under 20, it's going to be a competitive game. Well, here's the deal, bro. Seattle, as we see it against teams like the Giants and the Rams, yeah. mm-hmm. they don't do well against pressure. Yeah. And Russell Wilson, like, look at – look. it's all about matchups. So, we all know the NFL is about matchups. So, look at Washington's defensive line. The front seven, for that matter, especially the defensive line. You're going to tell me another team that can't run the ball in Seattle that they won't have problems? <laughs> They're going to have big, major problems. But again, again, this is the same team that lost to the Giants at home. Yeah, the same team that got like handled up front by both the Car- by both the Cardinals and the Rams. Yeah, I mean it it it, it happens, and Seattle has had the best offensive line in the world either. So this is going to be a tougher game for Seattle, I think. It's just that if Washington, to your point, if they they'll keep it, I think they'll keep it low scoring. It's a matter of they if, if if it's going to be Haskins starting this Sunday. It's going. They go. They can't make any mistakes. They can't make many mistakes. You know what I'm saying? Because they're essentially without Alex Smith. Even though, let's be real. Before he exited the game, he's only eight eight of nineteen for fifty seven yards in the pick. Oh so, yeah, that's. So it's not like he was balling, but still, the point being is that they they can't go into making mistakes with the quarterback position. No. So no, and, and, and to your point, yeah, that's the way Alex has looked ever since being the starter. Um, mm-hmm. He's had slow first halves, and he's been able to rebound in the second half. Um, so when, when when people who are necessarily – you can be critical, but if you're being a, detra- a, dist- a detractor of Alex based upon his first half play, I also say look at his second half play and, and say that they rebound very well. So he was just looking to follow suit to something he's been doing ever since he's been a starter this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was concerned, but not necessarily um, – no, I was, I was, I, I shouldn't say concerned. I was knowledgeable of what he was doing, but I wasn't concerned because he had done that before. Right. The thing was, was he going to be able to crank it back up and play better in the second half? But unfortunately, we never got an opportunity. Now, the, the thing that I'm concerned about that those teams that you named, uh, the Giants, the Rams, did that Washington needs to do yep. is to run the ball well and they did not look good running the ball with the likes of Peyton Barber, Barber and, and, and McKissick. They need Antonio Gibson back in there mm. to be that threat unless they could somehow get better play from them this week. But, you know, they just did not look good against the Niners. And right. they can't play that way against the Seahawks and expect to get a win from them either. Right. So it's going to mention – so. If Washington, I'm, if I'm going off of memory. The last three games this week, including Seattle at home, mm-hmm. they host the Panthers. Yeah. And they go to Philly. 
Uh-huh. And the penthouse feeling looks continues to look with Jalen Hurts. And props to him, by the way, picking up his first win in his career as a starter. Props mm-hmm. to the brother. Um, it's gonna it may be a little bit tough because they I think they, I think y'all could beat Carolina. So it, it, it's a, so this Seattle game is gonna be huge. If y'all could find a way to beat Seattle at home. And coupled with the Carolina win, that would put you guys at eight wins. Yeah. If you can believe that. Y'all started the season at one and five. And yet here you are on the verge of going seven and seven. Yeah. That's amazing. That's a that's testament to the coaching of, of Ron Rivera. And uh actually him finding out figuring a way to get Danny Boy Snyder out of the way <laughs> of the team. <laughs> but uh still that's that's amazing. So props to you also. The division's right in your grasp. You in the driver's seat. Y'all in the driver's seat, believe it or not. Yeah, there's no way to work you would have to be otherwise in the beginning of the season, even before the season started. Not even not even at the one and five point. At the O and O point. If you could told me yeah. that, hey, in December, in the middle of December, that the football team would be in first place, I'm like, yeah, whatever, dude. Well, what happened? Did everybody else just get shot and killed? Well, what type of weed are you smoking? What type of sativa yeah. are you smoking? Yeah. And, and and can you give me some because we can't legally smoke it out in the public here in the district? But I digress. <laughs> Even though I'm not a consumer of the product, but you know what it is, what it is, right? right. So um the, 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 I just I just find it very interesting that that's what happens when you get good leadership here. Mm-hmm. This type of stuff happens because it's happened two other times in the past 20 years. It happened once before where the team started 0-5 in Marty Schottenheimer's first year, if memory serves right. me. I remember they that. turned it around. And then it happened, oh, when Joe Gibbs was here, one mm-hmm. of the, in his second stint. So, right. when you, once again, two great coaches. You have <coughs> competent adults in this organization. <laughs> Things like this happen. Yeah. So my hope is that Danny continues to stay out of the way and allows him to do his thing. The only thing that I'm concerned about, and I know I don't want to get too much into it now because it really doesn't have any relevance to what we're talking about right now, is the hiring of a new GM. There has been discussion about that um, in the public, but I'm, I'm needing Danny to, well, oddly enough, I'm needing Danny to potentially get in the way of this because I don't know if I necessarily want the head coach to choose the GM. Right. You know, this... Yeah, there's situations like that where where it concerns me. And there's a guy currently in house. Um, That's a brother, yeah. right? Who, who's the vice no, president? No, it's it's um, with Smith. Jason somebody. No, the, he's the he's the um the, the, the team president. Okay. Um, God, he's the 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 the, the, the GM who used to be out in San Diego. Um, Smith, the older guy. AJ Smith. Son. Oh, his AJ son. Smith. Okay, okay. His, his son. son. Yes. Yeah, AJ Smith's an asshole. I, I didn't think he was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, he was able to build good teams out there in San Diego. Yep, he's an asshole. Yeah. So, <laughs> his, you know, his son gets here. He's basically the guy who's been responsible for drafting a lot of this mid-round talent that they've been capable of getting. Okay. In in Antonio Gibson, in um because of course. Uh, um, 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 Chase Young is a given, right? right? Second round pick, almost a slam dunk. Yeah. I mean, uh, ball, unless yeah. someone would have come into it, uh, to the, the war room and said, you know, I've been to the future, and Justin <laughs> uh, and Justin Herbert 
is a, is a monster. You might want to take Herbert. They probably would have taken Herbert, right? Yeah. But going into that draft, it was between Burrow and Chase Young at, at one and two. Correct. And they went ahead and took the slam dunk at two. So that was a given. But it's the mid-round picks that he's made that have come through and they played well. Your boy, um, Curl, the, the safety yes. that, that had the pick six, yeah. seventh-round draft pick. Wow. He basically came in to, um, <clears throat> to, to replace the injured Landon Collins, mm-hmm. and he's been playing better than Landon this year. Wow. So – it's once again, it's, it's being able to draft those mid-round and lower-round picks to come in and be effective for the team, which he's done. I'm just hoping that he doesn't get replaced. And look at me. I got very wordy in a situation where I promise not to. My <laughs> it's your beloved team. You're hype. No one thought y'all be in this position. Y'all didn't think – your fan base didn't think you'd be in this position. No. You guys, got, was... honest, you guys got an honest fan base. I lived in the D.C. area for three years. If yeah. anything, you guys are very honest and self-aware about your team. So, yeah, I to a certain that. degree, we, we, we have our, we have some. Well, for the most part, races. for the guys yeah. I know, for fact, the cats I know. Oh yeah, well, I mean, for, yeah. the, for the ones who are smart, we're smart. But for the ones who are crazy, we got some crazies too. But I'm gonna <laughs> say this: the one thing that I was hoping for was that this team would develop, and that's yeah. the one thing that I'm getting, and the thing that I am most proudest of is that this team is developing. You know, uh, uh, playoff hopes be damned. I just wanted this team to develop. Now, hopefully they can go ahead and get the quarterback situation right, and we can move on in the future. Speaking of moving on, let's go to, from the NFL, to the college game. College football playoff. Golly. I mean, look. Okay, let's start from the top. I don't have a problem, just like the weeks before, the week before, the week before that. Yeah. I have no problem with the top four, Okay. I don't have a mm-hmm. problem with, obviously, Alabama. That's a given. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame, Clemson, two and three. That's a given. Even though Ohio State only played five games, I think they're the fourth best team in America. I'm not mad at the Big Ten for finally waving that stupid-ass rule that you have to play six games. <laughs> How the hell did they come up with that rule? It's like the Big Ten just kept, kept getting, keep getting themselves in the way, getting their own way, right? With this, with wanting to be a trendsetter trailblazer of not playing the fall, to thinking, holy shit. We're not getting our name out there. The Sun Belt's getting more love than we are, and all these conferences are playing right now. Let's get ourselves back out there with eight games, eight weeks left in the season with no wiggle room. <laughs> then, but still, Ohio State's Ohio State. Yeah. They proved how great they are by being down 26 players and waxing Michigan State on the road. I know it's Michigan State, <laughs> but, again, if you're down 26 players to the COVID, including stars in the offensive line, you're still waxing the opponent, the way they watch Mr. State, you're pretty damn good, okay? Yeah. So I don't have a problem with Ohio State getting love at number four. I'll have Ohio State possibly making the, the college football playoff with only six wins if they beat Northwestern. I don't have a problem with that. Because let's be real, they're not, they're not doing this for Indiana for a reason. No. Okay, Indiana had the great, great, a damn good season, but they're not Ohio State. They're not as good as Ohio State. They had a chance to prove in the field. They didn't prove it. But anyway, I, I, I'm going off on Ohio State, but – I just want to say, I don't have a problem with what they're doing with Ohio State. I don't have a problem with Ohio State being where they are. What I do have a problem with, why the hell is Iowa State still getting love? They went up a spot. Okay, this is, again, the same Cyclones team, and you lost big at home by 17 points to Louisiana Sunbelt squad, who, by the way, is ranked number 19 because they lost, the only loss coming to an undefeated Coastal Carolina, who's ranked number 12. Yeah. 
Now, why is uh, why Iowa State is ranked ahead of Coastal Carolina, who again beat the team, who beat uh, Iowa State by 17 points? Why? Or I should ask the question, how? How, Sway? How? <laughs> I mean, look, I remember like I did a, a I did a short video right quick uh, on, on, on my feelings when it when like the last week. And a couple of commenters said were saying, well, first of all, thanks for commenting, watch the video. Uh, but a couple of co commenters said that, yeah, well, Iowa State was down some personnel because I don't know, I don't remember the COVID. I forget off the top of my head, but they'll make excuses for them. Early in the season, blah, blah, blah. They 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 got their points off special teams and defense. No, special teams, because they had a kick return approach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that I don't care how you get them. Canada. It's still a facet of the game. It's still a, thank it's you. A I don't That's, care how you get last them. Last I checked, special teams is one of the three phases of a football game. Offense, defense, special fucking teams. Yeah. So that's how Louisiana got it done. They got it done on the road. 17-point win. They're stuck at number 19 for some reason. Even though they lost to undefeated Coast Carolina, who's ranked number 12. But somehow... Louisiana's at 19, the team that beat by 17 points with two losses is ranked sixth. Yeah. Could you explain that shit to me? Because I, I don't know what the hell the committee is doing. I, I can very much so explain it to you. Um, I talked about it yesterday um, on, on, on Stacey Sports. Mm -hmm. Now, <clears throat> like, I, I, I kind of knew this a, a few years ago, but it, it really hit me now, right? Mm -hmm. This is all about one thing. This is economics. It's all about money, right? And it's all about who the committee believes would be a biggest revenue draw for the playoffs based upon how well these teams play. Now, of course, they're not going to just toss a two-win team into the, the playoff situation. Have we ever had a, a two-loss team in, in the playoffs? I didn't think so, right? Um, and I'm not asking them to be facetious. I really didn't know. No, I no, wanted to go ahead and make sure I, I got. Yeah, I get it. So, it. so that so it, it has to be a situation where the teams have to be good enough to 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 compete, right? It also has to be a situation where they believe, in my eyes, based upon what I've seen, that these teams are going to be a big enough draw in terms of of television eyes and potentially attendance. And in this situation, it's going to really have to be about TV eyes because, of course, live attendance numbers are going to be very limited, if any, at all, right? Mm -hmm. right? Right, right. So, with that said, all they're doing is, is building themselves up to prepare themselves for their best interest, which is to make money, right? Because if it was really about amateurism and getting the best team into the situation, this would have been the best year to do a, 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 an experimental expansion on the playoffs. Yes, that's what a lot of people are claiming for it to be before the year started. And, and yes, and, and, and to go ahead and, and, and test it out to see if it works. But they didn't, which leads me to believe they don't necessarily care about that. They don't care about, you know, having – because you know why? It, once again, it still goes back to economics. The last thing they want is to the way it, once again the way it seems to me is to have a situation 
where we have a Coastal Carolina versus Cincinnati in the championship game. <laughs> That's the last game of the season, right? Yeah. That's, think about it because, I mean, you can have, even though it, it's starting to become further and far between in, in, in FCS football, you still get the upsets, though, right? right? Where last year, the, the opening round was nothing but upsets. So, and that's the fun of watching FCS is that we get that type of situation, even though the top two teams in the nation on that level still played in the title game, which was still a great title game between the two of them. But that's another show for another time. Mm-hmm. But if they wanted to go ahead and, and try it out to see if it really works, this would have been a year. And then this would have been a fun year to do it because we would have had the likes of a Coastal Carolina. We would have had the likes of potentially a BYU, potentially Cincinnati. Um, um, a Cincinnati. Uh, had they not had that last loss, maybe Marshall. So teams like that could have potentially, excuse me, if they would have expanded the field further enough, excuse me, they could have went ahead and put them in that, in that tournament. But no, this is what we get. And they put the likes of Florida at five, Iowa State at six, as a precautionary situation. Because, if anything, they don't want a group of five team in that top four. And they, they made it abundantly don't. clear. They made they, it abundantly clear. Abundantly clear. I mean, because think about it. And this is another thing, speaking of Florida, mm-hmm. they, they, I mean, Texas A&M is at five, but speaking of Florida, Florida only dropped one thing. Like, Florida lost to LSU at home. I'm sorry, Frank, just Florida, what are they, seven or eight? Yeah, they're, they're, they're seven, they're seven. So yeah, seven. So yeah, and then like you said, Texas A&M is five. <clears throat> so I'm sorry to cut you off, but yeah, that's oh, exactly no. what. That, that's that's just another SEC team at five. <clears throat> Excuse me, and then you have a Big Twelve team at six. Yep. So it's nothing but Power Five, Power Five, dude. Yeah, really. And, and that's the thing, man. Because that's just frustrating. If you're a group of five, I mean, you have Florida. They lost at home to LSU, a terrible, well, a terrible LSU team, right? Yeah. And I don't care if it's because the kid got brain dead and threw a shoe. <laughs> That's nothing to do with it. It's scoreboard. You lost yeah. to a team with only three wins. Yeah. At home. Yeah. Yet your ass goes from six to seven. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? College football playoff committee. Are yeah. you kidding me? And why the hell is Georgia still up in the top ten? <laughs> Why is Georgia the top 10? They're number fucking eight. They're number oh eight. God. Why is Georgia uh, in the top 10? I told you, you, dude. What are they doing? I told you. That's exactly what it's all about. It's God about protecting damn. the playoffs and, and, and protecting and protecting the fans and making sure that they have teams from the Power Five Conference to participate in these playoffs. They really don't want a group of five team in it. They really don't. And and it's it's highly unfortunate. And, uh-huh. and, and and it's gotten to the point now where the AAC commissioner has spoken up. Oh yeah, recently. I heard what he said. I heard exactly yeah, what he said. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? In, in in essence, it helps, but that's still not the answer. Yeah. I don't even know if that would because uh, I know some nerd, and I, I'm not saying nerd disparagingly because I'm too a nerd too, right? Yeah. So some nerd is going to write an article where they went ahead, where they're going to go ahead and use the BCS numbers, and, and, and somehow, if not this year, years past, 
to show you that, <laughs> you know what, still, we're still going to have power five teams in the playoffs anyway. So doing the BCS numbers is still not going to work, and it's going to be like, we just need to go ahead and just do the playoffs. Just expand the playoffs, really. Well, here's the thing. You mentioned BCS. Yeah. I'm like asking the question, is this even better than BCS? I mean, remember, if y'all know if you remember, I was a fan of the BCS. Mm -hmm. Okay? You had the computers inside it. They, they, they took away human object subjectivity. They took away, they took human, away the human element. Yes. So yes. It, what it did was it, 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 it included the rankings, right, for the AP and the mm -hmm. coaches poll. It counted strip of schedule. It counted strip of victory. It counted mm -hmm. margin of victory. So all of that's in the pot. Yeah. Right? The gumbo pot, if you will. That mm -hmm. was the BCS formula. Yeah. And so, someone on Twitter had a list of the top 10. What would the top 10 look like in the BCS versus what's in the college football playoff? Mm -hmm. Well, top 20. Let me just give you let me just give you the spoiler alert. Okay. Georgia and Florida ain't in the top 10. Well, yeah. Iowa State, I think, is maybe nine or ten. Okay. Cincinnati is maybe a couple spots higher. Mm -hmm. That that's 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 pretty much the, the long and short of it. Okay. So, again, is this any? I mean, really, I've campaigned. Other people have campaigned during the BCS era to have a plus one. Mm -hmm. This is essentially what the college football playoff is. Yeah. Right. Two two semifinal games. That's what a plus one would have been. Mm -hmm. You know, if you didn't have a click of one and two, have a plus one. Have like like have like uh, the second or third best team go at it, the third or fourth best team go at it, throw it all together. If 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 if, 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 if say like for example, you had years where like the national champion and like the third ranked team from a power five or whatever both had one loss. Mm -hmm. That would have been the plus one where both of those teams were going at it. The week after and sell it on the field. That's 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 what that's what people were campaigning for 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 years in the BCS era. I mean, this is all the cost of what playoff is. Is if you can't think about the money involved, think about the and everything else like with the bowls and everything how they because they run the, they set up the bowls too. They yeah. set up the bowl matchups. So this mm -hmm. is essentially the BCS on steroids. Yeah, the steroids being money, lots and lots and lots of money. So I'm like, I mean, and plus, if you look at it too, man, I mean, what if you think four, three or four seasons ahead, are we really going to see a different top four or different top three? Probably not. Because you're going to have, unless one of these programs fall off a cliff in their recruiting, Alabama is going to have Alabama coming out mm -hmm. of the SEC, you're going to have Clemson coming out of the ACC. You're going to have Ohio State coming out of the Big Ten. You're probably going to have USC, if they get their shit together, yeah. coming out of the uh, Pac-10, Pac-12, I should say, and maybe Oklahoma most years coming out of the – the only exciting parts are, <laughs> are the Pac-12 and the Big 12 potentially because the Pac-12, you never know, is SC under Chiefs annually except for this year, as well as um, – you know, Oklahoma wins the pack the, the Big Twelve most years. So outside of that, it's like wash, rinse, repeat. Yeah, I mean, you, they're going to run the risk of lo people losing interest. 
outside the fan base of those of those select schools. Of course. So I think eventually they're going to have to expand the goddamn thing because if, once they see the ratings, the ratings have been dropping the last few years anyway. Maybe mm-hmm. because they put it on New Year's Eve. I don't know, but I think people are just getting bored with it. And so when they when the ESPN sees that, I think they're going to have to expand it out. Again, I told you my plan to expand it out before. Yeah. Have all 10 conference champs and two wild cards. The mm-hmm. two wild cards being determined by the ranking and the college football playoff system. Mm-hmm. That would be uh, the, non, the non-conference champs. The two yeah. highest ranked non-conference champs would be the wild cards and go with it. Have the teams play each other uh, by seeded seated by, by rankings, of course, but in, in records, but have them play at the home site of the higher seed mm-hmm. and then go to the, to the semifinals at different bowls. That will fix it right there. That would, that would, because that would end the debate of, okay, well, you keep the, 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 the group of five out uh, or you're going to have the same the arguments of, well, you got the same teams going out of the top four every year. Who's going to care after a while? That, alleviate, that alleviates all that because, A, we can see how the little guys will fare against the, the power five yeah. on the field. Mm-hmm. And plus, I think it'll, it, I mean, I think it'll, it'll be exciting. I think it'll get more ratings because dig this. If we take things the way they are right now, right? Mm-hmm. Who you tell me you wouldn't be interested in like Georgia potentially going to Coastal Carolina to play? Or say, well, I should say Georgia playing Cincinnati on the road. Mm-hmm. Or like Florida, since they love Florida, Florida being another wild card team playing at Coastal Carolina. You wouldn't think that wouldn't draw eyeballs on TV? The only way that would we'll, that we'll draw eyeballs on TV is at it, we have to have at least one upset, like a year prior, right? Right. Because like that, that, that first year. But it's playing be, on. It's playing on the road. They be playing on the road. I'm sorry to cut you off, but they're playing on the road at the mm-hmm. little guy because they're the conference champ. But yeah, that's that's, yeah. that's why I would think. But, but go ahead, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it would have to be a situation where there, there was an upset. Mm-hmm. from one of the group of five teams over a power five conference opponent in order for them to, to, to draw eyes. Because that first year, it, it, it won't happen as much, right? Mm-hmm. I would right. say it would, it would bring in some, mm-hmm. but it would take an upset that very first year for people to be like, oh, yeah, that's right. One of the group of five teams beat a power five. Let me see if it happens again this year. And then other fans will come in. But fans like you and I, yeah, we'll watch, right? Yeah. But when you get your your non-traditional fan that's just happened to be out somewhere, probably at a at an outing, whenever mm-hmm. we're able to start getting in groups again. Thank yeah. you, COVID. But whenever that starts <laughs> happening again, right. and we're at a party and the game is on, maybe we'll watch, maybe we won't watch. Mm-hmm. But for a situation, you know, t- traditionally. If, they, if, if someone who doesn't normally watch what the regular season, if they hear, oh, my God, these teams are good, then they'll go ahead and watch. But if somebody hears a situation like, oh, man, they're going to blow them out anyway, they probably won't watch. And, and it's funny that you asked about the whole teams being in, 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 in the playoffs. We kind of talked about it yesterday. Lou made a point. He was like, 
I could go to Mars, be there for three years, come back, and and, and ask, let me guess who's in the playoffs this year. Uh, Ohio State, Alabama, uh, 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 Notre Dame, and Clemson, right? Mm-hmm. And he will technically be right with two, because if you look at the numbers since 2014, let me go through the rundown of all of the teams that have made in the CFP, right? <clears throat> Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, LSU, Oregon, Georgia, Florida State, Michigan State, Notre Dame, with Washington. Who's the oddball in that situation? Washington, I guess. Yes, yeah, so I'm going Washington because mm-hmm. they're not technically a brand or a blue blood in college football, Correct. right? And technically, neither is Oregon, but Oregon got four letters behind them. And do you know what those four letters are? Nike. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> so you have that. Yeah. And, and then you have Washington that just happened to be extremely dominant in a Power Five conference, mm-hmm. and you get them in there. And then Notre Dame is Notre Dame. And they finally played like Notre Dame was supposed to play last year until they got knocked. Was it last year or the year before? When, when they got knocked out of the playoffs and got beat down that year, and they went back to being Notre Dame again. The year before, they, they got smashed. The year before, smashed that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, the, so the year before, they, they get in there, and then they go back to Notre Dame, and, and they get knocked out, right? Mm-hmm. But those other schools, as well as Notre Dame, all blue bloods. All blue bloods. And it seems as though the CFP has been established just to protect them and make sure that these blue bloods continue to get in and to make sure that those power five conferences continue. Because that's where all that's something else that always comes down to as well. It's because those teams that make it into the playoffs, like we talked about last week, they get a cut of that playoff pie. And those conferences continue to thrive, which is continuously pumping in talent to those conferences, and which is why they are in the situation that they're in now. So Yes, this is all the system that's set up for them to succeed. And, and, and unless they they really care about seeing a little guy at least get an opportunity, which I believe that they don't, dude, they, they would expand the, the, to the playoffs to make it so that it happens. But I don't see that happening anytime soon. Well, so, you know, dude. it's funny, put it that way, it's funny that the college football playoff, how it's all set up, is like, yeah, little guy, I know you're going to bitch because you, I know you got some great teams out there, but you, the conference is bad, and frankly, some of our teams are scared to play y'all. So, that part two, yeah. Um, so, we'll just, I'll tell you what, we'll do y'all solid. If you finish in the top 12 of the college football playoff standings, or if you're the highest college football, uh, if you're the highest ranked in the college football playoff, you'll get a, you, you get a New York Six Bowl. We'll do that for that's- you. That's that's that sounds so condescending uh, if you explain it like that. But you must have explained like no, that. But that's what it is. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. It's like uh, you can't play in, in in the playoffs, but we'll let you play on New Year's. Hey, you know what? You normally don't get a chance to play in January. Yeah. You always get a chance to play in mid December. Right. But January? Yeah. Oh my God! January on a network? Like, ooh, on a, on ooh, a, ooh, I want to do oh it. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. On broadcast television? Yeah. We're not going to be on ESPN late night on a Tuesday? Oh, my God. (laughs) We'll give you that as a consolation prize. Let that be your gift. And, hey, thanks for coming. Hopefully you get a chance to do it again next year. And hopefully you'll be a part of the argument again next year. So we'll have something for people to continuously 
have them talking about us when we really know it's not about you guys. It's about the Power Five conferences. Then they're going to continue to get yeah. in because we don't care about see, you. We see, don't. See, the thing is exactly to your point. They're not going <laughs> to come on and say, we don't just go, we don't give a fuck about you. They're not going to yeah. come on and say that. No. Even though they're say saying what, what they're saying with yeah. the rules. <laughs> you can have this New York Six Ball, <clears throat> but with all this, the criteria that we, this was this with, with, with the committee made up of human beings who are very subjective, very, very subjective. biased. Very they're biased. not going to look at them. They know that they're not going to look at them. Everybody else knows that they're not going to look at the, the group of five, no matter how good they may be. Here's, here's how, how they can get around it. If I'm Luke Fickle at, at UC, at Cincinnati, if I'm the dude at Coastal Carolina, or even at Louisiana, even though Louisiana did it this year, and, and when they like when they, they scheduled to play at Iowa State and they smacked them, they actually mm-hmm. did it. They unfortunately lost to Coastal Carolina, who happens to be really good and undefeated. But unfortunately, Coastal Carolina's our conference game with Power Five was Kansas. Mm-hmm. So, but that's that 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 kind of eliminate that kind of canceled each other out. But they should and, and credit for Luke for doing this. He does schedule Ohio State every now and then, but it's not the horseshoe. But that's what they're going to have to do. They have to take, they have to schedule these games. It's only, they can't be home and home. No. UCF has looked at the hard way when they try to schedule Florida. They cannot mm-hmm. be home and home. You got to go to their place. If you mm-hmm. want to make a statement, if you want to get the, 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 the attention of voters, these AP voters, and the committee later in the season, you just got to go big or go home. It is what yeah. it is. It is what it is. You can't schedule Austin P. No. You got you gotta you gotta you gotta schedule the big guy. It doesn't even have to be the big, big guys. It could be like say like if I'm coastal. Mm-hmm. Why not schedule a game with Clemson in Death Valley? It's local. Yeah. Ish. Both yeah. South Carolina. Why mm-hmm. not schedule why not go to North why not why don't you play at Chapel Hill? Why not play in Raleigh against NC State? Mm-hmm. Two very good teams that had good, great, good teams this year. Yeah, Carolina was just damn good. So yeah. why not? Why not? Or even why not go to Virginia Tech? What, you know, I would say Georgia Tech, but Georgia Tech still trying, trying to find their way. But mm-hmm. why not go to Virginia Tech, or why not go to Virginia if you want to keep it local? Yeah, why not? You know, if you got to do what you got to do, do it. Again, yeah. you got to go big or go home. Luke Fickle has been scheduled Ohio State, but if I were him, I, I spread, I, I branch it out. Schedule a game in the big house against Michigan. If you can't play, and yes, you can't schedule Ohio State in the horseshoe. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, go to Wisconsin. Schedule a game against Wisconsin. Schedule a game against Penn State. Right? It's, it's Midwest-ish in middle, in middle, in mid, in middle uh, central uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the like. Why not schedule a game at Michigan State? Mm-hmm. Michigan State's not all that great, but hell, do what you gotta do. Indiana but you know what? A, they're, they're good enough that if you beat them, yeah. the committee will, will take notice. Yes, and Indiana too. Indiana, yeah. pretty local ish. What mm-hmm. in Bloomington? Yeah. Why not go to Indiana? Why not go to Bloomington and play it? So you gotta, they gotta go big, and they gotta get, pound the pavement. You can't play dormants doormats in these power five leagues. You gotta play at least the middle, if not the upper echelon. You but don't Scott, have to play, you don't have to play the bid dogs. No. Just just be just pay 
teams that are competitive year in and year on this Power Five conference to make a point. Again, don't expect any home and homes in return. You mm-hmm. gotta go to their place. Yeah, you gotta go do what you gotta do. But the thing is, though, these teams that they, you're saying that they should play against also have to be accepting and playing against them. Oh, because sure. right. that's one that's of the other things you gotta too. Send the pavement. You gotta have a yeah. the pavement. You know, that's the other thing, too, is that, you know, you do have programs who will be out here saying, "Mm, I don't think it's in our best interest to play against these guys because the last thing we want to do is lose to them, and then they really don't want to lose to them at the crib. Right. You know, you got to get someone who's going to be bold enough to do it, and and when they do it, you know, you got to take advantage of the situation. Because who was that that Troy went to, was that last year, that they went to their crib and beat them down at their spot? That was, two, I'm trying to remember. that was two years ago. They, they beat down LSU. It was LSU. There you go. That's what it was. So, yeah, you got to go ahead and take advantage of situations like that when they present themselves. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you, you can't, you can't um, come up short in those things. But, you, it, like I said, it has to be someone who's willing to take you up on that spot. Mm-hmm. has so, to be. Troy did it. I mean, I mean, hell, Appalachian State. I think, I think a lot of Power Fives are scared. They want another Appalachian State to come into Michigan. And it, do no, they don't. They so, don't. They really don't. They really don't. A lot of them off. <laughs> yes, it did. It really did. But I just found it funny mm-hmm. to this point. I think I, it seems like we're starting to come to an end to this. But mm-hmm. just um, real quick, I just found it very interesting how on the mothership they defended Iowa State. Right. And really shot defended. down the Pac 12. Their defensive Iowa State was how well that they played after <laughs> after mm-hmm. ha- uh, Halloween. And I'm like, yo, if you look at their schedule and who they played against, they played against a lot of trash. Yeah. They played against a lot of trash after Halloween. So it will be to their best interest to play well in their situations. So, yeah, they, 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 they had, like, the, the best – I forget what the, um, the comp is, but they were, like, tops in the nation or, or pretty close to it based upon how they beat down opponents um, during that time frame. Yeah, okay, so. And then to the um, to, to them putting down a Pac-12, they were like, well, Pac-12, you got to do better. You got to get play against teams that got better records or whatever. Dude, well, one, they only played five games this year. Right. Two, even if they probably had another team that was comparable of, of, of being ranked in the top 15, John didn't rank them there. Stop playing and stop acting like – because what is USC ranked right now? They're ranked 13 for 15. So, look, they're, they're barely in the top 15, and right. they're undefeated. Yep. Barely. And, you know, you say what you want about the teams that they beat. Yeah, they beat the teams within their conference, but they only beat the teams who were in front of them. Yeah, Just 13. like who – yeah, see, they're 13. They barely in the top 15. But they did the same thing that what Ohio State did, which mm-hmm. is beat the teams who were in front of them. They barely beat Indiana, but Indiana had a great year this year. I will say that. Yes, but the is. other teams that they beat, the other teams that they beat had an average of two wins this year mm-hmm. right now. Yep. So you're telling me, okay, <laughs> that's worthy of them being fourth? Okay, I guess. But let's but just look at but let's just look at it this way still though. We'll close out on this, man. Mm-hmm. You can't and I and I don't appreciate the choir. I'm sure you know this, but you can't tell me 
other people out there, you can't tell me Ohio State's not the best team in the Big you, you, you can't tell me that they're not. I, I, I'm not going to say that they're not, no. Especially <laughs> you not can't tell me that they're especially not. Especially not this year. Because of the fact that yeah. Michigan's trash. Yeah. Penn State is trash. Um, who else would you potentially say? Wisconsin got... Wisconsin is not good this year. Didn't yeah, but didn't year. Wisconsin get beat by Indiana? Yes, they did. Yeah, they did. So even yeah, no. Wisconsin, who oh, was competitive, mm-hmm. you know, even Wisconsin, who was competitive, got beat by Indiana. Uh, Ohio State beat Indiana, so mm-hmm. okay. Now the, the thing is, they have to beat Northwestern. Yeah. And if they don't beat Northwestern, <laughs> once again, like I said before, you have another Power Five conference team or several Power Conference Power Five conference teams waiting on the outside to come in to replace Ohio State. So either way, the committee wins. There you go. It is what it is. Speaking of which, let's transition to the NBA. How about the Greek freak getting his extension? I didn't think it was going to stay. I was hoping he would stay. Dude stayed and took $225 million as a thank yeah. you gift. Yeah. So And he earned it. He yeah. earned it. I think he's getting better. He's entering, he's entering, he's entering rather his prime, mm-hmm. uh, Giannis is. Mm-hmm. And they've got a better team built around him. So I'll give Milwaukee props for doing that. That they were doing something what Cleveland failed to do with LeBron the first time around. Um, but I think this is a win for the NBA. I, yes. I, the last thing I wanted, last thing I wanted to see was Golden State all over again, right? Because remember when Golden State landed KD, they became unbeatable. Yep. They pretty much became Golden State, to some degree, the Cavaliers, and the 28 Dwarfs, right? <laughs> I mean, I saw the year that Houston challenged uh, Golden State with Chris when they had Chris Paul, mm-hmm. watching Chris Paul's injury made it easy because remember Houston was up three to two in that series. Yeah, Chris Paul got hurt. So mm-hmm. aside from that, and aside from the previous, well, I should say the previous year, but KD was in OKC when they were, had them down three to one. But that's not a hit on there. But the point is, the, I, I, I want to see an excitement. I didn't know I want to see two teams. What the year where just just two teams have a chance to win it all that being Golden State and Cleveland at the time. And plus, I say Golden State, too, because Golden State was one of the teams that were rumored to be in a, running for Giannis because they had the salary cap space, mm. believe it or not. So it would have had KD and, and Golden State all over again. But I'm glad it happened. So now yeah. what you got now, you're more, it's, you're more wide open league, right? You still got... In the West, you still got the Lakers, uh, the Clippers. Uh, they're still going to be coming at the Battle of L.A. Not this past year in the bubble, notwithstanding with the Denver Nuggets, which I think is going to be in the mix. I also think Dallas is going to be in the mix. Uh, I think Phoenix will be better with Chris Paul. So you still have some balance, right? Yeah. And then the East is going to be a lot tougher. Mm-hmm. Now with KD being healthy with Kyrie and Brooklyn. And last I checked, Boston's not going anywhere. Toronto's not going anywhere. Philly, mm-hmm. to me, is better with, with, with Doc Rivers coaching. Again, mm-hmm. coaching makes a difference. I think yeah, they'll be does. better with Doc. Um, who else I'm missing? I'm, I'm missing some. Brooklyn? My, yeah, I say Brooklyn. Early. Yep. Miami's, Miami? It's not going anywhere. No. So you got, with, so let's see. We got Milwaukee, uh-huh. Brooklyn, mm-hmm. Boston, Toronto, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Miami. That's five. Yeah. 
If that's a Philly, that's a Philly. If, no, Philly gives a six. Philly gives you six. Yeah. So and you know, so the the East is tougher. Yeah. And there's no guarantee that 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 uh, for, for for starters, the walks will be. There's no guarantee they'll be winning sixty plus games. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn being better on paper, but I say all to say this: at least you still have compelling competitive balance because those top six teams I mentioned in the East, they're pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. But we don't know who's going to come out that those six teams. You really do not know. I know Brooklyn's favorite with KD, but you really well, you got teams with Miami, with Milwaukee now with 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 with, with, with the Greek Freak. Mm-hmm. It makes a far better balance. And plus, it's also good for the people in Milwaukee and people in small market cities who draft talent, who develop their talent, who do a good job building around their talent, and not mm-hmm. having to worry about him leaving for a bigger market. Yeah. So it's, it's great all around for the NBA. Uh, great for the Greek freak. Props to him for doing that, wanting to stick it out with his team and working on the winning championship there. So I think this is great, and I'm looking forward, really looking forward to the NBA season for the next four to five years because of that. Well, I'll, I'll get to that part in just a moment. But um, the, the, I, we talked about it on the show, of course, during the, uh, the playoffs, was whether or not Giannis was going to f- find out or feel as though that what they're doing in Milwaukee is good enough for him to stay. Mm-hmm. And as of right now, it seems that way. And I am completely in agreement with you with everything you said. And if you hadn't said it, I was going to say it. Say <laughs> it. Because, yes, this is great for the NBA because it works out yeah. for small markets. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're not watching a situation where we have like 20 to 26 farm teams <laughs> and all they're doing is developing talent for these players to create super teams at these other 10 teams. Right. So we don't have, we don't have that as much anymore because hmm, another thing that's starting to happen is these young guys are starting to develop, which is creating better teams elsewhere. There was a time in which thanks to expansion, we didn't have great players in a lot of spots. Now we have great players, great players in other in, in smaller market teams. It's just whether or not they want to stay there and be competitive at these teams or not. So thank God that's starting to happen. Right. Right. But to your point on whether or on, on him staying for the next four or five years, that's still a toss up, bruh. Because if you look at uh, case in point, one, James Harden, uh, matter of fact, James Harden ain't the only one that's done this. This has been happening ever since the, the, the collective bargaining, bargaining agreement has allowed it to happen. Power. The players, the have, players power. have power. They have power. Good for feels, yes, which is good, mm-hmm. but it's bad for the small market teams. Because yeah. if, if it turns out to be a situation where in Milwaukee, what he thought would be good does not pan out before his extension is done, he can, he can stomp his feet and he can pout and yeah. say, hey, I went out of Milwaukee, trade me to such and such, and he's out the dough. Yeah. The hope is is that that doesn't become the case. Right. Because as we already know, a lot of these guys before either wanted to go to big market cities or play in states that got low tax. Right. And low of course, taxes. unfortunately, it's, it's not everywhere. But congratulations to Milwaukee. Congratulations to small market. 
this is a big win for both. Exactly. Well said. And speaking of James Harden, you see, you see that piece on ESPN? I did not. What you happened? You, you, you okay. can read it. It basically talks about with all this trade speculation with James Harden, him not reporting, him being over. You see how overweight he is, right? I have not seen him, but I've heard rumors. He's, I've he's heard overweight. The Iron I heard the Iron Sheik was even talking about him. He's, he's overweight. Um, <laughs> he looks like he's wearing Speediums. But anyway, um, basically, you just should go to it. Yeah, it's on ESPN.com right now on the NBA. And okay. um, basically, it's, it's like the first, I'm going to read you the first paragraph. The Houston Rockets culture in the James Harden era, which bridges two owners and now four head coaches, might be summed up by a former staffer's three words, whatever James wants. Wow. You should read it. You should really wow. read it. You should really read it. He talks about how um, like teams staying over, and he would like the team stay overnight mm -hmm. in a certain spots like, like Miami, L.A., Party City. He loves strip yeah. clubs. You know he yeah. loves the strip clubs. That's well documented. Yeah. So it's crazy. I mean, the way he, he, he ran off Dwight Howard, he ran off. Chris Paul, he ran off his boy, Russell Westbrook. Hmm. Remember one and out? Yeah. Because of how he conducts himself on the court. Wow. To me, it's a reason why as talented as James Harden is, mm -hmm. and he's a nice guy. I actually spoke, you know, in passing. I saw him in, um, in, uh, in San Juan, Puerto Rico, seven years ago, going on oh, eight, wow. going on eight, eight years ago. Okay. And I was taking my trash son's trash. My son was three years old, three year old taller at the time. I was taking his trash to the trash can. As I was walking to the trash can at the other end of the beach, I saw mm -hmm. a guy with a big ass beard and three or four bras walking with him. He's looking at me to speak. So I'm looking, I, you know, I walk, try to be hard. I looked up, look at him. I looked, I try not to squint my eyes, but I'm like, what's familiar? And I'm like, this James Harden. So all in the span of three quick seconds, I was able to ascertain that that's that was Steve, Steve, Steve. I mean, I said Steve, James. <laughs> yeah. And so he just he spoke. He looked at me to, to speak. He did like that. I said I did like that at him. And then we kept the movie. He seems like a very nice guy. People who talk to him, who talk, to, who hang around, him say he's a very nice guy. So mm -hmm. he's not. He's not a bad dude. Yeah. It's just that I don't think he has winning intangibles as far as title. Mm -hmm. So I, I think this is what it is. Again, you said it. He's not the only cat who's done this. No. LeBron's known to do this. Mm -hmm. uh, Michael Jordan's known to do this. I mm -hmm. mean, in, in football, Center Sharp will always say, as far as a like, holiday schedule, they may take a vote. I do that, of course, because it came down to what number seven wanted, that being yeah. John Elway. Mm -hmm. It came down to what he wanted. Then what everyone else voted. Either number seven wants it a certain way or not. And I heard that he was a good teammate too, but it's, but still the point is he's a star player, a superstar player. Mm -hmm. It happens in all sports. It just, just does. Yeah. But, I, but still, I think that it just underscores why James Harden is in the predicament he is right now. I, I think you should try to do as much for them as they could in terms of getting players to play alongside him. It just hasn't worked because he's a ball dominant dude. And if he's not involved, he doesn't decoy. He doesn't hustle. He just stands there like, on the offense. Like, yeah. 
which is going to be very interesting with another ball-dominant dude in John, John Wall. Wall. Now, yeah. like I said, I didn't watch the, 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 the game, but from my understanding, if out of the assists that they had between the two of them, those assists, chances are, work to one another. No. So that's going to be very interesting to see if that's going to continue to be a trend on this team. Yeah. But, you know, like we said, they're both ball-dominant, and, and – and, and they're ball dominant in different ways where John looks to be a little bit more of a facilitator and, 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 and James needs the ball in order to create. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this, how this pans out, but you know, I, I don't, I don't necessarily, um, I, I'm not against James wanting to win. Right. No, of course not. Uh, you know, everybody wants to win, and everybody yeah. wants to play with the best players. Right. My thing is, though, you just can't be a cancer for a team, push people away, yeah. and then you yourself be like, yo, I want to leave. Now, we've had discussions before about the owner, and if you want to leave because of the owner, so be it. Mm -hmm. But Steven Jackson said something very interesting. Yeah. I, and I don't know if you saw his comment. I, 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 I saw it, but I didn't really read it and listen to it as much as I should. But go ahead. Please, yeah, so, you know, he, he basically was was very anti-James Harden based upon his moves, mm -hmm. well, his, 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 his desires of wanting to leave Houston. And, and Stephen A was, well, not Stephen A, but Stephen Jackson was basically saying that, you know, he didn't even give the black coach a chance. And that's the problem with the NBA and black head coaches is that a lot of times they end up coming into the league, especially in their first opportunity, coaching a bunch of guys that don't have a lot of talent and they never get a they, they end up failing and they never get a second opportunity. Right. And he really doesn't want to see this happen to this young brother who's getting the opportunity in Houston. And they would have a better chance of winning, of course, with James Harden. But Harden doesn't even want to give him an opportunity. Yeah. I think that's Bickerstaff's boy, right? Yeah. yeah it's Bickerstaff's son. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty interesting. I mean, I like, I mean, they, from what I heard, Boogie Cousins looks pretty good. He lost weight, and mm. he's actually playing well. I just hope the injury gods aren't cruel to Cousins and John Wall. Yeah. And John Wall came on and said he's, he's comfortable just being the point guard and just facilitate. He's, he's, he's really – he's not stepping – he's trying not to step on James Harden's toes. Really yeah. trying hard not to. Well, I mean, he, he, he had some, some time to learn that while he was in D.C., um, even though he still wanted to be the leader, now I understand because he was the number one overall draft pick this year. Right. Um, the thing was, it's going to be very interesting to see one how Boogie and Jay Wall played with one another. Mm -hmm. I wish that would have been the case here a few years ago when they were both healthy. Right. And two, to see them play together, um, to see the both of them play together with only one <laughs> set of good legs, with both of them tearing their ACL. So. Right. It's going to be interesting to see if they're capable of holding up and whether or not they're going to have to face a lot of minute restrictions throughout the year or not. Yeah, indeed. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that situation. We'll get you out here on this, man. Mm -hmm. Major League Baseball, finally, after 100 years, exactly, recognizing the Negro Leagues as a major league enterprise. So slow. Very slow golf clap, doing the right thing 100 years after the fact. Yeah, I applaud them for that. My thing is, though, 
because of the records in which that they have in the Negro Leagues, yeah, whether or not fans are going to start to accept those records within Major League Baseball, within MLB records, right? Because right. we know that there are a lot of records in Negro Leagues Josh that, Gibson. De that destroy MLB records. Josh Gibson was said to hit over 440 one season. See? 440. <laughs> I mean, and, you know, people don't realize like cast like Josh Gibson and Buck mm -hmm. Leonard on the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, who never made it to the to like who never made it to the major leagues because of racism. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I it, I give this I give this this very slow light golf clap because I'm like Y'all had y'all did them so wrong. I mean, yeah. these black players were playing baseball. That's why the Negro, Negro leagues exist in the first place because Major League Baseball didn't allow them. Mm -hmm. They didn't allow black and Latin players. So of course they had the Jackie Robinson, the Warrior Capitals, the Satchel Page, Willie Mays, and Henry Aaron got their starts in the in the Negro leagues. You know, of course we mentioned they the also mentioned Gibson, Leonard, Norman, Turkey Stearns. Um, Andrew Foster, who, Rube Foster, who actually was a former pitcher, who actually created the Negro Leagues as, as we knew it. I mean, can you imagine Gibson going up against the likes of Babe Ruth, Joe DiMaggio, Warren Spahn, Stan DeMann Muzio, many others? I mean, like uh, Ty Cobb's racist ass. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> Buck Leonard, all those guys. It's just it's just messed up in so many levels that they it also one more thing in like in 1969 when the baseball encyclopedia was created by the special the Major League Baseball special baseball records committee that had mm -hmm. all the records yeah they didn't even discuss the candidacy of the Negro Leagues at that time because you had a, a panel of four five white dudes yeah. right who didn't just just didn't even recognize the achievement of the Negro Leagues for 50 plus years. So basically when the, the encyclopedia was created in 1969, up to now it's like 51 years. Yeah. And so in, include that in that 100 year span from where the Negro Leagues just started being really organized in 1920 and the premiers of 1920 and 1948 when you had these black stars who later got poached by major league teams, right? Robinson, mm -hmm. Campanella, Page, when he was Alvis Prime, Woody Mays and a few others, Hank Aaron, you know, it's it's like you think about what could have been, yeah, right? and how great the Negro Leagues actually were during those prime years, mm -hmm. and so it, it's just I, I just I just you just can't help but wonder what if, and you know this record's going to change, they're going to yeah. change, the record's going to change because to your point. There are some records in the Negro Leagues that are comprised of seven leagues, by the way, that I would actually will make you go, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It will make you go, wow. So, again, slow, sarcastic golf clap for MLB, waiting 100 years to do the right thing. Hell is better late than never, I suppose. Yeah. But still. It, it, it's just for them to take this long to recognize the Negro Leagues as a major league. 
especially after MLB has celebrated the Negro Leagues. Yes. They've, they've used their, their uniforms and logos, mm-hmm. you know, to, 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 cele- to celebrate, you know, and they, they, they honored some of the players. And now you're doing this? I mean, I'm glad you're doing it. Yes, better late than never, but my God. You know, how long will it take for the fans to go ahead and start accepting these records and everything else and, and, and to their lexicon mm-hmm. so that whenever we have these conversations about greatness, that these guys are also included and, and, and not forgotten. Right. Because it's, it's going to be a minute. Yeah. It's going to be a minute. But um, you got these old school know, bigots out there who's going to hold yes. on to those records. Well, you have hold the bigots that are going to hold on to it. Yeah. And then you have those that just don't know. So right. it's going to take a while for them more to know. More don't know. More don't know. Yeah. The more don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So when they start to learn and they start to get comfortable about interweaving that info with this info, mm-hmm. then you know we'll start to see it. But it's going to take a while. I'm just, I'm happy that it's starting to happen. I'm just upset that it, it took this long. Exactly. So, so. again, better late than never, but whatever. Uh, one thing I just for sure, I get, and we'll close this on this. I don't know if you've been out there, but mm-hmm. once COVID ends, one of the first places domestically I want to see mm-hmm. is the Negro Leagues Hall of Fame in New Zealand. Haven't been. City. Haven't been. I haven't been to any of the, I would uh, the love sporting to go. league I would love Hall to go and see that. I would love to see yeah. that. I would love to take my son to see that. The show and teach him that history. Yeah. I'll, and my wife, she's Afrocentric, so I know she would like to do it, even though she's not a sports fan. But mm-hmm. it would be cool to see all of that, especially now with Major League Baseball finally recognizing them as a major league. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that, I think that would be cool. I think that'd oh, be speaking cool. of, I, I don't know if you've been since, mm-hmm. it's only been a year though, but I, I've never been to the, to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I have. So the first I'm, year I'm, I've been back here, yeah. Yeah, so I want to do that, yeah. especially now that the Black College Football Hall of Fame has moved their stuff there to Canton as well. That's cool. I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Because it cool. was it was in Atlanta, and I'm mad I never took advantage of taking the opportunity to go while it was there because I was right there and just didn't go. Mm-hmm. But now that it's in Canton, it gives me an extra reason to go to want to go to Canton and check that out as well. That's cool. There. I got to get back yeah. up there again to see that, just to see yeah. that. It's a cool place to go anyway, but just to see that too. Mm-hmm. Like, gosh, there, that'd be great. But anyway, that's a wrap. Thank y'all for tuning into the podcast. Again, check out the Wayne Nash on, on the Yard Such HBCU Sports. See the sweatshirt. We're yes, about we'll all be- things. HBCU Sports, that's the merch. Yes, but and, before we go real yes, quick, sir. Yes, Two sir. big things in black college sports. One, which, unfortunately, yes. yeah, speaking of which, unfortunately, the CIAA has decided to postpone, actually to cancel all sports for the remainder of the 2020-2021 year. So that yes. means no men's or women's basketball, no volleyball, and they've already canceled football um, earlier in the summer. So that's a wash. And then, of course, Today was National Signing Day, where everyone has started to make their announcements on the early signings. I know where you're going. Now, it's already been buzzing about a lot of the guys that have decided to transfer over to Jackson State to play under one Deion Sanders. Mm-hmm. But now it is official. Both of his sons will now be playing. He already had 
the, the, the high school senior who committed the quarterback that is committed to Jackson State, and now his son, who was at South Carolina, mm-hmm. has now decided to transfer and play it at, at Jackson. And they actually have the number one rated recruiting class in the SWAC, 121 overall. It's going to be very interesting to see what they do. You know, but for me, I'm not necessarily a big recruitment guy. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a prove it on a field guy. Yes. So I know they won't be able to do it nothing. this spring. Yes. yes. Recruitment don't mean nothing. Yeah. What are you going to do on the field? Right. Yes, sometimes it translates, sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with this program come 2021 with the expansion and everything. I can't wait for 2021 college football. I swear, oh God. And you can get more of that on his site. I'm <laughs> glad you mentioned that. So, guys, check us at, get, check, check him out there. Also, check him out on Sleazy Radio, every Tuesday now Facebook Live, and more FCS as it pertains to HBCUs. Check out his work on heroesports.com. You'll get those tidbits and many, many, many more. And also for me, get the merch, please, at CafePress.com. Search for the Clown Town Sports there. The address will be in the description. As well as subscribe, please subscribe to my YouTube, to our YouTube channel here. Subscribe to, to, to the show on iTunes as well. I'm there. Subscribe. Thank you very much. And one more thing. During this pandemic, I know we're getting the vaccines out there. The door them out like a game of spades. But <laughs> if you don't have to go out, Stay your ass at home. Stay home. And if you do have to go out, wear a damn mask. Until next time, a quick 06, a quick peace out.